0: The Responsible Investing Podcast by Aberdeen
1: Standard Investments. Welcome to Aberdeen Standard Investments Responsible Investing Podcast. My name is Amanda Young and I am your host for today. Now, the aim of our podcast is to cover a range of responsible investment topics. And today I am absolutely delighted to be joined by the eminent award winning screenwriter, producer and film director, as well as recently turned responsible investment advocate, Richard Curtis. A very warm welcome to you today, Richard.
0: It's very good to be here, thank you very much indeed. I'm wearing shorts because it's a very hot day, (laughs) but maybe this won't go out until December, in which case I won't be wearing shorts.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, sadly, our podcast is too short to cover Richard's very successful career in a way to do it justice. But in short, Richard is best known for his comedy hits and some of my favorite films, such as Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill and Love Actually. Much of his early career was spent working with Rowan Atkinson on a number of productions and possibly the best TV series of all time, in my view, Blackadder. And I believe Richard, your career took off at the Edinburgh Festival, which is where I am based. So it was delightful ah. uh, to know that we've got that connection.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: Now, alongside his film career and television career, Richard has been actively involved in the social justice movement. He helped found Comic Relief and Red Nose Day, make Poverty History and Live Aid. Now, it isn't every day that the worlds of film and TV collide with investment savings and pensions. But Richard has done just that by moving into World of Finance with the launch of his new campaign, Make My Money Matter. Richard, perhaps we can start today by hearing a little bit about your journey from film director and social justice advocate to a campaigner for ethical investment.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it, I'm as surprised as anyone to hear myself being so enthusiastic about this. The truth of the matter is, you know, didn't do anything to help anyone really until I was about 30. And then I ended up by a curious series of events in Ethiopia during the famine in 1985. And that sort of branded me with a permanent sense of the need and responsibility to try and help other people who are, you know, I'm very obsessed by simultaneous suffering, as it were. There are so many people whose lives are hard exactly when ours are easy at this very moment. And my first step was charitable, was setting up Red Nose Day and trying to raise money and give it to the best charities. And then the logical thing then is to start thinking about how governments spend their money. So that, you know, took me to the Jubilee Debt campaign and Live Aid and Make Poverty History. And now I feel that we're increasingly in a moment when everyone, you know, I noticed it, particularly with the younger generation, is saying, well, what can I actually do myself that's practical? Which isn't only giving money to charity, which, of course, I still believe in enormously. And you see it with people, you know, choosing the clothes they wear more carefully, thinking about flying and how they travel, thinking about, you know, the food they buy. And I suddenly just came across the fact, really, that our money's invested, that actually the most that we could do, one of the huge things that could turn the billions into trillions is try and move all our saved money into businesses that are themselves ethical or sustainable, you know, or brilliant new businesses that are trying to change the world. Uh, And um, this, you know, has become my next obsession, really, that if we could try and do anything that we can to make this into a popular movement, that that would be a great way of supporting all those lifestyles, all those businesses, uh, which are heading in the right direction.
1: For me, this is really exciting because I have spent the last two decades realising that there is power, valuable power in money and positive good that can come out of your investments. So Make My Money Matter campaign has kicked off. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about this campaign, what you're hoping to achieve and how you are hoping people will get involved.
0: Well, yeah, I think what we're trying to do is be the popular end of the marketplace of all these arguments. So when I started looking into it, I found out, you know, that pension schemes and investors and bankers and people interested in all forms of finance have really been thinking about this, but it's just not moving quite fast enough. And there are all sorts of waiting going on, you know, people trying to work out. A system for evaluating investments. Are they really doing all the good that they could do? The complexity of getting products that are ethical, the legal things that stand in the way, the government things to do with trustee responsibility and everything like that. But there was no one I spoke to who didn't say that more pressure from the public wouldn't make a difference. So that's what we're trying to do. We're actually at the first step trying to just give people this extraordinary basic piece of information, which is that your pension money or the money in your bank or the money that your company is keeping for a rainy day is all invested, is all actually doing stuff while it's sitting there. So what Make My Money Matter is trying to do or pensions with intentions or have a pension to be proud of is just to alert people to this fact and then try and ask people whether or not they can make the inquiries, make the moves. You know, I think we're particularly interested in people who work in companies just asking their finance director, where is our pension? Can we make sure that it's really making a difference? So, you know, we're issuing all sorts of films, having all sorts of conversations with the public, but also with all the people who are working in the pensions themselves and in government departments and everything to try and accelerate the movement and particularly do it when, you know, a DFID survey the other day found out that when asked, 70% of people would love to have sustainable and ethical pensions. And also the other sort of big hurdle that I was worried about was, is this a choice between value and values? You know, are your ethics going to mean that you make less money. But the truth of the matter is that ethical funds have really done as well and better over the last few years so that that is no longer part of it you're not saying to someone this is a sacrifice you've got to make so it really is a win-win situation and we're trying to let the public know
1: now we all know it isn't easy to move your money from one savings platform to another or changing bank accounts and in my experience many savers investors want to do the right thing but find it very difficult What do you think the most challenging thing within the finance industry is at the moment in allowing more ethical investment?
0: Well, I'm going to say my answer, which is more pressure from the public, Um, you know, something that alerts them to pensions to the financial benefits, actually, of being the ones with the best products and those that are easiest to access and easiest to find out about. I mean, I think there's a big structural thing, which is, can more default pensions? Can more first choices be sustainable? That would be an enormous step forward. But part of it is ignorance, you know, that people don't know this is something. And part of it is fear. You know, people are nervous about their money. But all those things which make a difference do take effort at some point. You know, it is going to be hard working out how we get over our obsession with flying and let During the crisis, suddenly people have seen that Zoom is a perfectly good way of doing business. So I think there are lots of blocks, but there doesn't seem to be a definitive one. You know, there isn't something which makes it impossible. It really is a sort of change in the way that we think about the world and a change in the way uh, that we act. And uh, a lot of my friends have started doing this. I've moved my pension You know, I wrote to the head of um, a huge music company the other day, said, have you even thought about this? Uh, And then I heard back a month later saying, nearly done, we've nearly done it. And Comic Relief have started to look into it. And there's a lot of communication with staff and a lot of making sure that things will be all right. But it is a doable act. And the aim is that those difficulties become easier. You know, as more people ask for it, they make it easier for it to be done.
1: Absolutely, and it's fantastic that you can generate the interest around this because often people think of is somewhat dull. Now, as I said, with over 20 years of experience in this industry, I have been amazed at the power of investments to achieve positive environmental and social outcomes. But as somebody who's relatively new to the savings and investments industry, what's been the most surprising thing that you found?
0: in some ways it would be what we're talking about i mean this is very naive of me but i think that when i started this journey i thought that ethical investment sort of meant putting money into cooperative cocoa farm in kenya you know i think i thought that was what social investment was uh and the more i hear about it you know the more i realized one how UK based, it could be, you know, how you're talking about renewable energy, how you're talking about wind farms, how you're talking about affordable housing, how you're talking about affordable healthcare, you know. So I think one of it is realizing that it's not a kind of abstruse, slightly charitable thing, that it's about the structure of successful businesses. And it's particularly the moment you hear about you know, I'm wearing Tom's shoes at the moment. And every time you buy a Tom's shoe, they make a shoe for someone else. It's trying to get investment into the most exciting and most progressive businesses. And I think that's, for me, been the big change, that it's not a small niche thing, that it's a really big way of shifting Um, the sort of balance of finance. And and I have to say one of my most surprising things was when I went to a very serious meeting in the Guild Hall where there were various government ministers and Mark Carney and David Attenborough, and everyone was saying that actually sustainable investment was probably the biggest opportunity for business since the Industrial Revolution. You know, that this is a big thing. It's not a small boutique thing. It's actually a way of recalibrating capitalism. And it's an extraordinary thought that, as it were, we could be part of that.
1: It is exciting. And I think a business with purpose is something that we're increasingly seeing more of, particularly as a younger generation come in, entrepreneurs wanting to develop businesses that have a social purpose. I think that's really exciting. But when you think about ethical investing or investing ethically, everybody has a different set of ethics or values. What's acceptable for one person might not be acceptable for someone else. So have you got any suggestions for the listeners on how we're able to square responsible investment issues that are clearly not black or white?
0: Um, Yes and no, you know, and this has also been an interesting journey. You know, a lot of people would immediately just leap at fossil fuels and then immediately you get the answer. Well, wait a minute it's probably these big companies who are themselves going to be the ones who can do the most about renewable energy. They're actually key to that. So I think there are people who would be very purist about it. I don't use that term critically. And then those who wouldn't. And when you talk about arms, you know, the moment that I say this to my kids, they say, well, I don't want to be investing in arms in case, you know, rifles end up being used by terrorists, as it were. But of course, they're key to our defense. So I think that it's a question of calibration. And that's where it's a double thing, you know, as the pressure from the public comes on, you actually will create an environment where there's more choice. We see it having happened in my other business, you know, in TV, you used to just have a choice between as it were the BBC and ITV when I was young, and they were both in black and white. Uh, but you go on telly <laughs> now, and it's not too complicated to find yourself somewhere where you're only looking at nature programs or you're only looking at American late night comedy programs, you know. So I think there'll be a journey, and I think it'll become easier and easier for people to make choices. But there are some fundamental decisions, there are some fundamental things, even if it just is that. of your pension goes into these ethical things, which I think is what happens in France, you know, from the word go. So I don't think the public should be tortured by that sense of personal choice. They should be really pushing for a direction of travel, which will become more and more specific.
1: That's fantastic. I think the news this week just about BP moving much more into solar and green energy is exactly reflective of the point that you were making, that some of these issues are quite complex. Now, my next question should be a relatively easy one for someone so close to film industry to answer, but I have asked all my previous guests for their book, film or TV recommendation that they find particularly inspiring at the moment particularly around social and environmental issues. So is there anything in particular that you would like to share with our listeners that you think might inspire them?
0: Well, I'm going to sneak this one through. Yesterday, I bought four copies of Olive Kitteridge by... Elizabeth Strout. And I would suggest that nothing to do with ethics, that everybody reads that marvellous book, my favourite book of this century. Um, But I think that I'm going to say two books, um, very, very different ones. I'm very interested in the new book by my friend Rutger, Humankind, because it sort of shows the way that social change happens, and the way that people are basically inclined to do the right thing, particularly if it's made easy for them. Uh, So I think that that's a really good book. And actually, I'm very, very inspired and have been for years. um, That's Rutger Bregman, by the way, by a book called Bury the Chains. Amazing book about how slavery was abolished, how that journey occurred, because that was in some ways a parallel situation. Everyone says it's going to destroy British business if you abolish slavery, nothing's gonna work. And yet it was an absolutely key part of the progress in human civilization. So I would say that those two, Humankind and Bury the Chains are my favorite books. I mean, let me think about film. I mean, there's a great Netflix series called Dirty Money. um, And I think that's a useful tonic. It's kind of fun, scampish series showing how companies can do the wrong thing and get caught. And I think that one of the things that makes that so exciting is when I was talking to Mark Carney, he said to me, the biggest risk for companies now is no longer a sort of dodgy third quarter profit report, but that if companies do do the wrong thing, they will get caught and it's a big news story now. Absolutely. So actually doing the ethical thing is taking risk out of your portfolio And also people want to work for companies that are ethical and consumers. There's a consumer revolution going on. So I would actually say to people that if you want a safe pension, go for an ethical one. And also there's no point having a pension to give you a happy old age if we're going to be inheriting it in a world on fire where, you know, flooding and mass migration are the order of the day. So actually the safest thing to do is to change your pension and support that kind of progress.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you. I've jotted all of those down and and I shall uh, be adding those to my already growing book list. Now, finally, looking to the future, say in five years time, what would success look like for you from your Make My Money Matter campaign?
0: Well, I think success, I mean, in a way I've said these things, I think success would be all of us realising that our money is invested and it's worth giving a bit of time to this huge thing. I think that There was a Nordic report that said moving your money is 27 times more potent than giving up eating meat and giving up flying, which is actually tougher than moving your money. So that sort of revelation that these things are relevant in the same way as we've had this big revelation about flying and food and clothes and all those sort of things. Then I think it would be great that if we were in a situation where any young person taking out a pension... Would be absolutely clear on the glowing ethical and sustainable options that would be the first thing that would be what they want to do so it wouldn't be abstruse it would be commercially available and then i think everyone's interested on having a sort of evaluation system so that you could say well if i want to go into this pension what's its temperature Is it leading towards a world which is at 3.5, which would be disastrous, or 1.5? And that's what Mark Carney's working on. So I think ease, attractiveness, knowledge, certainty, all of those things, I would hope, would be in place in five years' time.
1: Richard, what an absolute pleasure it has been to have you join us today.
0: Well, no, can I say, by the way, you're a great hero of mine because we absolutely ne- no 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 but we need experts like you on the inside we need our inside men and women who are passionate about this and doing things about it and any support that we can offer you you know you're at the coal face of trying to make these things work and accelerate these things so thank you very much indeed for doing this and for all the work that you do on these subjects
1: oh well, i'm i'm very grateful for your appreciation thank you very much in my view, this is what ethical investment movement is needed. Really passionate people bringing knowledge and insight into what you can do, the power of your money. So a personal thank you from me. Um, I've really enjoyed our discussion, but sadly, time is limited and we have to end. But before we go, is there one final message you'd like to share with our listeners?
0: Yeah, I think I would say, if you work for a company tomorrow tomorrow, get in touch with the finance person and says what's the score on our pensions it's a really easy question you don't have to understand it they will and say report back to us and if they don't report back to you get 20 other people who work for the firm to ask the same question and then they will definitely do it so i would say get going you know get going
1: thank you so much richard
0: okay lovely to talk to you
1: Now that ends our podcast for today, sadly. But to those who have taken time to tune in, a massive thank you from myself for listening. Please do listen to our previous podcasts, which you can find on our website or wherever you normally get your podcasts. Watch out for our next episode at TuneIn.
0: Thank you for listening to the Responsible Investing Podcast brought to you by Aberdeen Standard Investments. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And for more great content, visit aberdeenstandard.com.
1: This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for information purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation, or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein, and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication, and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen Standard Investments. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns. Return projections are estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.